0: Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out a Woken and Bake production of Kiki Punchy. Now, Kiki Punchy is a new podcast featuring myself and my good friend Dave, and we are covering a lot of ground in not exactly combat sports. It's professional wrestling, it's kickboxing, it's boxing, it's MMA, it's... It's all kinds of stuff. And it is Dave and I, and we are going to be talking to referees, we are going to be talking to coaches, we are going to be talking to athletes, and we will be going all over the place with it. Alright folks, and we are kicking it off with our picks for UFC 270, which is going down January 22nd. Now, the main event is flyweight champion Brandon Moreno taking on Davison Figueroa, who was the former flyweight champion, and the main event is the heavyweight title fight behind, uh, I'm sorry, between the always scary Francis Ngannou and the equally always scary Cyril Gunn. Now, these two are former teammates, so this should be pretty damn interesting And if you pardon my French, see what I did there? uh, Because they're both kind of French. Well, one of them still is French, and the other one lives in the States. So there you go. One of them, I'm picking, just because it's from the States. For no other real good reason. But, you know what? Stick around. Listen to us out. Hear us out. If your picks are different than our picks, by all means, let us know. Alright, thank you very much for checking out the podcast. This is Kiki Punchy, and I am just plain Bill from Woken Bake. Alright, ladies, gents, and others, here's a little bit of Kiki Punchy.
1: Okay, part of the day, the, plan, the plan. Now, what site are you on? UOT.com.
0: Yeah. I like, uh, I like dog.
1: I do too. I just like UFC one because it lets me know exactly who's fighting They change it. They try to update that as soon as possible. So I can just
0: see if only got switched out. All right. Let's get it pop. All right. So we are here doing our, I don't know, sort of a snippet real quick pick pick'em for UFC 270, which will be kicking off when? What this is the date? Saturday, January 22nd at 4 p.m. Okay, We're so in the main card they supposed to kick off so this is the first major numbered card of the year now this is going to be the second fight card of the year but we're not really talking about that because this is the first numbered card this is the heavyweight title fight um which is a weird reunification we'll get to that uh eventually uh there were some fights on the prelims there are some fights on the main card but I really kind of want to stick main card right here because I think it's a pretty interesting main card. Um, it is. It's it's stacked. It's the first fight card of the year, which is traditionally like the last numbered fight card of the year. Yeah, you
1: try to start off start off the, the bang. You yeah. want to start off mediocre.
0: Yeah. And I mean, really, what
1: better way to do that than uh, Naganu versus Gain? Like, start off hard. Yeah. Get the
0: fans in. Agreed. So, but we're going to start at the bottom of that. So it okay. kicks off the main event. Hardy, Olnick. So Greg Hardy, Alexei Olnick. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Alexei Olnick's uh, like fighter nickname is like the Python or the Anaconda. He one of the really interesting things about him is he's got an Ezekiel choke, which is traditionally a guillotine choke. He's got a no-gi, uh submission on, on those, which is really hard to come by. Alexei Olnick is. Probably as good a grappler as you're going to find in the heavyweight division, like right now. I mean, in the past, you've had guys like Frank Mir. You've had super-duper high-level, um, like the Nogueras. Uh, really big guy, Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and Alexi Olnik is one of those guys. He's a very strong, uh, but he's an older guy. And it kind of... I think that it shows you how... Um, I don't want to say, like, not deep the heavyweight division is in the UFC, but I... Uh, he's still absolutely one of the best in the world. But Greg Hardy is a really, really young guy, and he hits hard. That's, the, the, looking at the records,
1: that's the impressive part. Alexia, 59-16-1 versus Greg Hardy, 7-4-0 with window contest.
0: So when you're looking at Greg Hardy, um, one of the things that we've seen in the past with him is his conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexi Olnik is Probably also, you know, he's he's 172 years old. So um, I'm not saying that like his his conditioning is great. He's a professional athlete at 40 something years old. But is he going to both? Of, what, I guess what I'm what I'm saying is both of them I think are going to have to get it done quick. In which case, that favors I think Rick Hardy. If he lands the shots, if he gets taken down, gets put on his back. Then it's a bad day for him. Absolutely. So you got a, uh, a dry Greg Hardy and a dry alexi Olnik, uh, and that's a really big man making himself very small on your joints, on yep. your neck, on your arm. It's
1: it's easier to get that submission in the first you know round when you're dry. You can you know grip it versus when they're all wet
0: and sweaty. You're trying to slip and slide all over them. So it favors both. It's I mean, it's it's a dangerous situation if. Well, if you're Greg Hardy on your back, you're probably in a more dangerous position than uh, than Alexi Olnek, certainly. Um, yeah, you know, I'm excited for this fight. I think I think that if you like, I don't think it's going to establish anyone as a contender for the heavyweight uh, in the heavyweight division, but it's it, going to get them in the right direction. It, it gets you a step closer to your fight with Derek Lewis, which may or may not get you closer to your fight uh, for the title. That's a step I don't want to take. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. It's a dangerous. It's a dangerous thing. There's going to be a day in probably 2025 when Derek Lewis is the mayor of Houston, and I'm a, like, first off, let me say. Uh, Texas is growing. People are moving to Texas. People are moving to Austin. They're moving to Houston. And there is a very real chance that in 2025 we will get to say the honorable mayor Derek Lewis. And and that's an awesome that's an awesome American story. But that's not what the story is in this particular fight. With Alexi Olnick and Greg Hardy, I think that it it favors Greg Hardy. Uh, and strength and power early on Now if Alexi only can take him down Then it's a whole different game But if you've got a wild Greg Hardy uh, Punching you while you're going for a takedown Getting in there is dangerous Yes Like all of that Everything about this fight is dangerous for everyone involved So, you gotta pick one. You going Hardy or you going Olnick? I'm going with Hardy. That's me too. I gotta go Hardy on
1: this one. I think he's younger. His striking's gonna keep Olnick kind of at the distance and he's gonna just flail on him and just make it a very bad day. But, don't underestimate Olnick. If he gets gets a chance to shoot for that takedown and put him on his back, that's when Hardy's gotta get back to his feet and get away from him. (laughs) I think that Hardy, though, um, he's got a decent ground game, but he's not on the level. Oh, absolutely not. So it's it's you don't want to go where your opponent excels, you know what I mean? I agree,
0: but I think that Greg Hardy and his camp are going to do their very best to not let the fight get to the place where Alexi Olenek is strongest mm-hmm. and Mr. Hardy is the weakest. I think they are going to do their very best to to keep it standing, keep it within range, and try and punish Olnick as he comes in. That, I think, is their best case scenario. Wanna see it, uh, would it be good to see a win for for Olnick? Yes, but I think that if he loses, um, he should do submission grappling turns. He should do anything that doesn't require him getting punched in the head by guys like Ray Hardy, who are regularly getting better at punching people in the head. Now, the next fight, a featherweight fight, Mavsar vs. Aaliyah So, these are two fighters that we both looked at And they didn't really stick out to us I had never heard of one of them Although I watched him fight I watched him fight in the Ryan Hall fight uh, Which, the fight itself Getting a knockout over Ryan Hall Sounds like a really great thing um, But it was the most underwhelming performance Of Ryan Hall's career Both undefeated One's gonna take their first loss I don't know who their mar.
1: I'll go with the guy that knocked out Ryan Hall. Uh, you know, I'm what I mean? gonna go with Mo- the uh, Moffsar mainly because it's fifteen to zero. That's I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot for that guy to go on. Is that the guy that uh, punched Ryan Hall? No, no. that guy's eleven to zero. Okay. So we got different people picking on that fight card. Yeah, yeah. And the next fight, the middleweight fight, the Jared Cannonier versus Derek
0: Brunson. I think this establishes who fights the winner of Israel Adesanya, Derek, Whitaker, too. Ooh. I think that's what this does I think um, I don't know I think we've discussed this in previous podcasts My feelings on rematches uh, Is that roughly three quarters of the time uh, They happen the exact same way It happened the first time I mean not necessarily in the same method yeah. But like the winner of the first yeah. one Wins the you second You have those flukes like the Lesnar versus Mir rematch Where Lesnar just pummeled Mir damn near to death Yeah but that's the rule That's the exception not the rule yeah. So um in this fight, if you're Derek Brunson, Jared Kananier, um who you fight is likely going to be the the winner of that fight, right? Um, um And that could be its own thing. We'll talk about that when it happens. Yeah. But you're likely to fight the winner of that fight. So, which, I'm, I'm going to pick first in this one. I'm going Jared. I'm going to go with the American. Oh. Uh. No, they're both
1: American
0: Yeah No, I'm, I'm going to go with Jared as Man, I've been wrong on Derek Brunson almost every time <laughs> Yep <laughs> uh, But just based on uh, being Alaskan mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Jared Cannonier. Like, absolutely nothing about Derek Brunson If Derek or if, if Jared Cannonier, uh was from Illinois I would probably go with Derek Brunson However uh, You know like He's a He's a tough guy He's from Alaska He uh, started at Legacy We Know his very First opponent Personally, Personally Like we are friends with his very first opponent yep. I have to I have no choice but to go with Jared Cannon I also
1: I, I, I like Jared's fighting style He's not, in my opinion, he doesn't excel super great in anything. He's just well rounded, and I like that. He will stand and throw hands. He'll go to the ground. He's from Alaska. He's one of those guys that just
0: can grind it out. Fuck it. He is. Uh, oh, okay. So Derek, not Derek Lewis, Jared Cannoneer. Uh, I said Derek Lewis. He started at heavyweight, went to light heavy, where he was good at his his. Um, most, in, in my opinion, substantial loss at light heavyweight is against the guy who's the current champion. And the current champion, Glover Teixeira, had to be like the wily, crafty veteran to beat Jared Cannonier at two hundred five. Yeah, Jared Cannonier is a guy that hits hard. He hits really strong and he's tough. He fought um, Robert Whitaker with a broken forearm. Like. He broke his arm in the first round. And it like didn't stop. And didn't stop. Kept going. I've stopped. I stopped. I would have stopped. I'm <laughs> a bitch. Um, I don't I own it too, dude. If I break my forearm, I'd be like, hey, 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 tap out. And it's tap and out. it's Derek Whitaker. Like, he's a good arm kicker. Yeah, um, he's going to kick the shit out of your arm. You know it
1: hurts. Yeah. in like, corner. What happened? Broke my arm. What does that mean? Fucking done.
0: Yeah, I'm like, home. I'm
1: going to go home. Yeah. Jared's like, fuck it. It's I'm, just an arm. I have another one. I got another arm. <laughs> I got another one, it's cool. Uh, it's cool, uh, it's- and the fact, people don't understand, living up here in Alaska, you have to be a different breed. The weather, the environment, it's different up here, and if you can live up here, and train up here, and train in the conditions we train in, and live in these conditions, it makes you a different breed. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so therefore, I-, I gotta give the edge to-, to Cannoneer in this one. I'll
0: give it to Jared Um It's it's a great fight on paper, and I'm. A- I'm sure it will live up to everything that we want it to be. Um, that fight itself is a main event on a non-pay-per-view card. I think that fight alone is worth the uh, the, the price of admission. What I mean by that is uh, the exercise of your time. That fight alone makes it worth your time. Whether or not it makes it $70 as a pay-per-view main event, not at all. But definitely a worthy investment of your time if you're going to go to a place like the White Moose and Kenai where these these are free. The plates are free. Go watch it. It's worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Get your chicken wings and stuff. All right, so now we're into the Co Main already. Let's talk about the Ooh, Brandon Moreno versus shit. I'm gonna fuck
0: slaughter his name. I can't pronounce it, but I'll try. The former flyweight champion. Uh, Whose name I don't want to Disrespect either Uh, And this is a rematch Yeah Uh, You know my stance on rematches Um, These are However this ends that probably won't be the last time these two guys fight So You think the champ's gonna take it? Three quarters Okay Okay. Three quarters, uh, three quarters. But here's here's the thing: if he doesn't, we'll see the we'll see the fight again. Yeah, and um, it's gonna
1: be it's not gonna be that that barn burner fight. I think. Really? I don't think so.
0: Oh man, I think this is gonna be. Um, I think they're they're two little high energy guys with incredible uh, breathing, and I think they're gonna punch the shit out of each other for 25 minutes. I'm gonna uh, call it. I think the. Uh, the I can't pronounce his name. Davison
1: Davison Figueroa, which Yeah. We're going to call him Dave. Dave. All right, I think he's going to I think he's gonna try to do a different technique this time. I have a feeling he's going to try to go more for the ground and try to slow the pace and try to grind out the victory instead of going what he did last time and not get that belt back. He's going to try to flip it up on us. And I just see it not being like it was the first fight. I don't think being being that, bar- that I think it's going to be a different technique, a different style, trying to get that belt back. He realized the first time that didn't work. So why go back to that well? You know what I mean? Get a new one, go do something different, and try to flip it up. I mean, he's got nothing to lose. If he exactly. Does if, you, if you if you go back to the same style that it took, you took the L last time, why do it again? That's my theory on it. He's, I think he's going to change it up. It's going to surprise people. He's going to try to show more ground, try to show more pressure. But at the same time, if the shot's there, he's going to take it. But I don't see it being like the first fight.
0: It's a title fight. Mm-hmm. It has value. Mm-hmm. It is a it's a good, fun division. Oh yeah. It's it's uh, Henry Cejudo's division. I mean, they're <laughs> like he saved that division. Um, and Just called the Cejudo title. Well, yeah, like really like hes um, if you're looking statistically Cejudo so at least like you're looking at numbers and you're looking oh, at accomplishments God. he is probably the most accomplished uh, combat athlete of all time in the sure. like, gladiators whatever he uh, between uh, uh, the Olympics between uh, between the Olympics and the UFC like he's the, you can't you can't talk about that division without mentioning him period he wants to be the king of cringe let him let him let him do it let him marry himself so fucking awesome you're going with champ on that one i'm gonna go with champ on that because i think that it is the three quarters rule i'm gonna go vice
1: versa i'm gonna go with dave just because i think he's gonna he's gonna come out and do something a little different i think he's gonna surprise people and have a different way to grind out that victory to get that belt back in which case that division we're gonna see it in in a trilogy match I think we'll see somebody else fight a few times, but I think he'll hold the belt for a bit, and then uh, Moran's gonna go through a few of the people and get right back in the mix and get that title shot again, and that will be the fight that I believe will be the barn burner. That'll be the main event somewhere. That'll be two guys that have each have a victory with each other that go in there and just give us a war. Not quite
0: the war of my favorite fight last year, but close. So. Uh, yeah, I think that this opens up 125 one way or the other. Yeah. I am excited to see what Kia Carr France does. He's oh. got a lot of eyes on him after yeah. the Cody U. R. Brant knockout. Gar- I love Garbrandt so much. So we're gonna, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see what 125 does. Uh, I'm going to go with the champ. L- I do want to use this segue into the main event and oh say that the two guys that walk into the ring in... Uh, uh, the co-main event will not will likely not weigh as much as one, one. of the men <laughs> walking into the main event. Now I think that realistically this is the uh, fight with the largest men going into the ring since Brock Lesnar and Shane Carwin uh, fought. Oh, so many years ago. And I, can I mention one thing, Bill? Yes, please.
1: Sir. In our last... In our, in our uh, Instagram live we did, I mentioned about the way they try to make the big reviews for wrestling, anime kind of that role. Yes. And I see Jerry Kenny or Derek Brunson being the peak of that role. And then The Valley will be the Brandon versus the Dave fight where it kind of goes down for a little bit slower pace just because they're no... That, that main event, Francis versus Surreal, is going to shoot to the fucking roof. you got to have that fight. And I think that the... Card writer knew that that fight was going to be that different style because there's no way you can have the Brunson fight another hype fight and then bring out the two biggest beasts in the heavy division right now and have them not have the crowd not have
0: that relaxed moment. I'm, I'm worried about uh, this fight for the same reason that I uh, that. I was, but we certainly saw in uh, Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis. I think they're both, like, Francis Ngannou has shown that he's capable of having a boring fight. Whether or not he has a boring fight against Cyril Ghan will be something else, but I think that this fight itself, I don't know, man. The Unification title fight, I think
1: they're both going to come out there, and we're going to see someone's soul will leave their body for moments during that fight. I can see somebody definitely
0: getting woodled. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I don't. I, I see someone getting slept. I see it likely to be boring as fuck. Like, and and let me let me explain why. And I could be a hundred percent wrong. We both could. <laughs> wrong. Uh, I, but I, I think I'm probably batting three quarters on conspiracy theories here. Oh, definitely. So. I will go ahead and say that um, it will probably be a boring decision fight, and the reason is is because this is the last fight on Francis Ngannou's contract. Uh, he's not; he doesn't want to go out on an L. I mean, yeah. ideally, he'd like to go out on a W. But if he wins, he's going to renew his contract. I, I think if he wins, he does a boxing match before he renews a contract. Oh. If he's like, I don't want the belt. I've I've already got it. I've just signed a twenty million dollar fight to fight, um... Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury you know, um, <laughs> what Are what are you going to offer me, Dana, that compares to that? Daddy Dana ain't gonna, ain't gonna offer you a... Da- Daddy, Daddy Dana's Dana not gonna do... No. No, he's not. And I'm willing to bet that, um... Because everybody seems to fucking love Francis, Francis probably has a great attorney, and so twenty twenty million dollars is the starting line. He's probably looking at a hundred million dollars to fight Tyson Fury, and for Francis Ngannou to come from from Cameroon uh, to from shoveling dirt uh, to the heavyweight champion in the world. Ultimately, that's what I want. I think that Francis Ngannou is either going to knock out Cyril Gunn. Or uh, it will be a very boring match. Remember, these guys have—they come from the same camp originally, you know. So when Francis Ngannou was uh, prepping to fight Steve A. these are the guys that prepped him to fight Steve A. Like he knows these guys. These are his guys. They tried to do the promote the professional wrestling uh, promotion where you saw the video of Francis Ngannou just like coolly walking by Cyril Gaon. And uh, and his teammates like that that just that felt staged. That I mean, that's some shit you probably see. They're hanging out backstage, but that shit just the energy felt off. Like there wasn't any real negative energy from that.
1: From what I understand, when he left the camp, it wasn't a a spiteful leaving the camp. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like going to. Yeah, I'm gonna go over Vegas. here, you guys. I'm gonna move over here, go with this team. No hard feelings. I don't see there any bad blood between the two of them, but the fact that one holds the interim belt, which we've discussed, doesn't need to be a thing, versus the champ. It, it's going to be a fight, to, and for Nagano, it's going to be to prove he made the right move. And in Saragana, it's going to be the fact of, you left this team for that team and now here's your punishment. But it's not a, a spike. there's no bad blood, there. there's no like, I hate you and your children, it's going to be like, hey man, shit happens. And I, I think it's going to be the coach is trying I guarantee you Serial's coach is telling him knock this motherfucker out make our camp look better and then God coach prove to them you came to a better camp knock his ass out make us look better and the coaches are saying that but the guys are like you know, when you're on a team those are your friends those are your family, it's your friends but when you get once that bell rings the guy across that cage ain't your friend the guy across the cage is planning on putting his fist in your face you got to do the same to him first the punchy kicky, punchy kicky, got punch and kick, and not get your ass beat.
0: <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for the, the the main event, but I really do believe it's going to be more boring than we think it's going to be. And just so we're clear, like my feelings on interims right now is that just in the heavyweight division, this one didn't need to exist. Francis Ngannou had won his belt and they had an interim title fight within three months.
1: Yeah, and he wasn't out for a
0: year. He wasn't out for two years. It was like, why was that belt needed? It, it wasn't, it was not needed. It was it a was money m- grab. Well, I think it was a money grab and I think it was kind of a slap in the face to Francis. I think that they expected him to fight as often as a champion uh, as he did before he was champion. Uh, But
1: once you get that belt and you've proven you're the baddest motherfucker, you have that chance to sit back and go, you know what, I'm gonna take a little break. You know, I'm gonna fight who I need to fight, but at the same time, I don't need to fight every person that decides
0: to raise their hand today. I just, uh, you know, I just imagine Francis Ngannou drinking a mojito and his gigantic hands looking like a a shot glass.
1: Yeah, I just... I believe, as a champion, you don't get the right to pick who you fight, but you can tell... The promoter, you know, Daddy Dane, whatever you want. Hey, listen, I want. I've been fighting every few months. I want to take a little time with my family. I've I've hit the pinnacle. I've got that belt. Give me a bit to actually enjoy it. They'll come and beat the shit out of somebody for you. Dana White was like, fuck it, interim champ. Why? The champ wasn't out injured for you know three years. It was a guy who decided to take a few months off to kind of take a break. He won the belt. He wanted to sit back, enjoy his time with his family, enjoy his time. As champ It was bullshit And you're right I think Dana White Did kind of just Slap him in the face With that uh, interim belt I hope
0: I hope I hope it's a very Very Decisive win For Francis Ngannou I really do And I hope that he gets His hundred million dollar fight with Tyson Fury but that hundred million dollar fight with Tyson Fury probably will not happen while he is under contract with Dana White Uh, Conor McGregor seems to be the outlier I think that Connor McGregor I believe got as big as he was because of his fucking mouth so so the conspiracy theory on that is that he made his butthole really available don't doubt it. Yeah. So,
1: don't doubt it at all. But he just, he just, he likes to run his mouth and get the crowd behind him, which, hey, like away he with saying, UFC is made to build yourself and build a brand, not to be a career. And we have fighters going there. Conor is an example of that. He came in literally on state assistance, trying to get by, started off in the UFC. Now, he's got enough money to buy whatever he wants because he built that brand, and then he should just fade away with his money and be happy. Not sit there and try to keep fighting and uh, get his head punched for no damn reason. Once you get the money you need to be, to be comfortable and do the investments you want and stuff, step out. Don't get kicky punched in the face just because your pride is there. Take your pride aside and keep your face.
0: I don't know Conor McGregor uh, and the Conor McGregor effect. This conversation for another time. So, <laughs> so you're who are you going with? Final pick.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with... <laughs> Fuck. Um, got to lock it in. Got to lock it in. Ninganu. All right, Ninganu. Ningano. I got to lock it in. I'm hoping he has that, 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 that heavy right, just gets to get a, make a happy home. I don't wish harm on either of these people, but at the same time, I want to see somebody wake up and realize that that fight was not their fight. Let's make this one fun, Bill. How do you see it ending? What round and what way? You see it going to judges? You see it a knockout? You see it in submission? How do you
0: see it ending? I mean, one of two ways, right? Um, either a decision win for Cyril Gon, because there's no way there's no way that a champion fighting out his contract in the UFC is going to win a decision. They're not they're not going to put themselves in that kind of position regardless of how close the fight might be. But I do think that if Cir or Francis Ngannou make the statement early then it goes to Francis Ngannou. Now you have to remember, Cyril Gane has a lot of the same, very same tools. Mm-hmm. But we know, we know that Cyril Gunn's kickboxing is probably way better than Francis Ngannou's. But given the fact that Francis Ngannou has been um, an extreme Couture, working on his wrestling, working on his grappling, working on on his full game. Uh, I think that his his wrestling will be enough to get him into a position where the tools are taken away. All right, certain tools are taken away. Ultimately, you want to land the hardest punch first, and I think that you know, like Jared Rosenstrike is a pretty accomplished kickboxer as well, and Francis just got through that. He he's got these fucking sledgehammers that just if they touch you, you die for a couple of seconds and you, he just needs that. He needs the blitz and if you are Cyril Gone and you're backing away from Francis and who is blitzing you you can either go left or you can go right or you're going to keep going back and you're going to hit the cage and if you're going to go left well, he's, he's going to hit you if you go right, he's going to hit you keep going back, holy shit he's going to hit you. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that Cyril Gon is going to blitz. I think if if he does a a blitzing punch and uses that to set up his kicks we can see the same thing happen. So, pick a round. First round. It's all first round. I think the reason this goes is because heavyweight title fights generally speaking end quickly. Like they're, generally, generally speaking or, I mean, heavyweights this heavy don't to go to the fifth round. No, they fucking don't. <laughs> they don't want to do it, and we don't want to see it. Um, so I think I think first-round knockout, um, if, if it's really crazy, we see a second-round submission. I'm calling uh, second-round knockout.
1: Francis is going to come out the first round. He's going to pepper him. It's going to back and forth. It's going to be great. I think second round, the first round is going to be Nganu feeling it out trying to find that gap. And second round, he's going to see his moment, and he's going to take it, and we're going to see... Then Ganu, second round, standing over a sleeping
0: opponent. I don't know. Okay, so we've seen we've seen him be really technical against Steve Maocin, right? We know mm-hmm. Steve A was going to do use his boxing to set up his wrestling, or use his wrestling to set up his boxing. However, both of those tools were nullified. I think um, I think neither of these gentlemen. Wants to try to, to pepper it and turn it into a firefight because either one of these men can turn the other's lights yeah, off. There, that's what, some heavy pepper. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's some painful pepper. A lot of pepper. We don't want to do that's a lot of sneezing <laughs> with that much pepper. And we neither of them. Too much pepper is too much. I don't, pepper. I don't think it's pepper. I think it's more like just
1: straight up like the fucking ghost pepper going on. You know what I mean? Like they they hit you. That's not a, a little jab like a fucking uh, uh, what's it, What are their names? The brothers who fight.
0: Nick and Nate I don't think it's going
1: to be Pepper like the Diaz Pepper just Hit you 100 times versus one heavy I think that one jab is still A heavy, hard, painful jab But it's going to be It's going to be a good fight I'm just excited to see what happens And the The best part is People can listen to this now See our input, do their own research And then if they uh, have to work whatever They can come back and hear us break it down Of what the hell happened Let them know, hey listen, we were wrong this is what happened. Or we were right, we called that shit. What we should do, Bill, is keep recordings of all of our picks. End of the year, break it down. We were sixty-four percent accurate, eighty-two
0: percent accurate, twelve percent accurate. I have zero interest in building that spreadsheet. I'll be a hundred percent. Oh I got this.
1: At the end of the year, our last by of the year. I right, listed, I'm gonna pick the fight card, but just so you all know, I have been 12% this year. So whatever I say, fuck it. Go with the opposite of my picks. All
0: right. Probably the safe bet. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, well, if you, if you've got it, then you got it. All right. Yeah, cool. We'll make, we'll make this happen then. Um, all right. Well, Dave, thank you very, very much. Not a problem.
1: Hope people enjoyed listening to us uh, break down the upcoming fight that's gonna be uh, happening. And then after that, we me just look it up here real quick, cause well, this is what we do fuck that fight 271 is gonna be the Israel vs Whitaker and that will be February 12th so only like a fucking month later yeah figure it out oh my god that's gonna be a good fight card alright well, we can discuss that later but alright sounds I'm good I'm excited about this card alright all right, well thank you folks for listening and uh, let us know what you wanna hear later